Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Bash Mania podcast. This is episode 68. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bash Mania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bash Mania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do? What Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have Mike Machiavello. How are you, man? I'm great, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. Of course. I am pumped to, to dive into your story a bit and talk about your wrestling career, talk about everything since college. There's, As I was diving into it, I guess we'll start right at the beginning, kind of go through the storyline of it. What first and foremost got you started in wrestling? So I actually had never really thought about wrestling. I was playing football at first, and one of my high school football teammates was from Pennsylvania. And, you know, football season was coming to an end and they were trying to convince me to come out and try it. And I was like, man, I'm not going to wear a singlet. That thing is just, <laughs> just yeah. not my style. It looks kind of weird. I think I'm good on that. And they were just like, look, man, if you can wrestle in shirts and a T-shirt, in a shirt and a T-shirt, would you try it? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I'm in eighth grade. So, of course, that's what I care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, and so, you know, I'm like, yeah, all right, then I'll try it out. And so I went and wrestled my first dual meet in shorts and a T-shirt. And everybody else in the whole gym was wearing singlets and headgear. And I was the only one that stood out like a sore thumb. So I was like, ah, maybe I'll give the singlet a try. And then after did, that, it was just kind of, yeah. And did you like it right away? Like, were you good right away? Yeah. So I'm from the state of North Carolina. I think, too, like, youth wrestling isn't as big or as deep yeah. as it is in states like the Northeast, the Midwest, or on the West Coast. And so, um, I actually, like, I only wrestled half a season in eighth grade. I never did a full season. My first full season wasn't until my freshman year of high school. I actually was 18-0 and 0 that first that first All year. All right. Humble yeah. brag. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Something slight. But, yeah, man, so I don't think I really knew a whole lot of moves, man. I think I was, like, trying to hit headlocks and post-duck under. Typical big guy. <laughs> yeah, right. <It's, laughs> So it was funny, though. I was wrestling 152, and so uh, a lot of the kids, like, I think I had, like, as far as, like, muscle goes, I was a little more, like, physically developed than most eighth graders. And so yeah. a lot of the kids I was wrestling at 152 were little marshmallows. <laughs> and so, and so <laughs> I think that's really why I ended up winning a lot of matches. And then you, you won a state championship, what, your senior year? Yeah, yeah, just And then won. you weren't too high widely recruited what led you to north carolina state was it just the the homebody like i'm i'm a north carolina boy i'm staying here um i think part of that and i think also 
the staff, man. I uh, I came on came on an unofficial visit when Lee Pritz was here with the old staff, and then and then uh, sorry, my little brother, little brother just brought me a smoothie. <laughs> I love it. I was trying not to like look at yeah. it. Yeah, it's not um, easy. I get it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, you know, it's big guys with food. So <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. I uh, I took a visit and man I just fell in love with the facilities. I thought like for a wrestling for a school that's not like uh, known for wrestling, I just thought the facilities were awesome. Um, they looked like top tier D one school, like athletic facilities. And then on top of that, um, when I when I came on an official, and I met Pat and I met Jamil and I met Frank. Um, they were they were brutally honest, man. They were very straightforward, which I appreciated, and I appreciated the type of culture Pat was trying to create. Um, and then also just kind of the vision that he had for the program. I was just kind of, I kind of fell in love with, with the vision that he had shared. And it was yeah. like, look, I want to win a team title here. And I'm like, cool. Cause I want to, you know, I want to be able yeah. to do that, be a part of a team that's, that's, that's very, very high level. And it was cool to just kind of be a part of that from the beginning all the way till you know, my senior year where we finished fourth as a team. And that was the highest finish ever, right? Yeah, and so I think there's only like nine or ten D1 coaches that have a like a team trophy at the NCAA tournament. So that was a big milestone for, just for Pat and his career too. Yeah, and you know, it's always funny saying like only a one-time state champion. Like I wasn't even a freaking county champion, so I know how much yeah. it, how hard that is to do and and what it takes. But yeah, it, to have a the D1 success you've had of being an NCAA champion while you know only having one state championship and placing third in flow nationals when you went into college what were your expectations for yourself uh pretty high and i think maybe i was a little bit oblivious but um to the realities of what level college wrestling was at the beginning of the year the coaches had meetings with the freshman class and they explained to us like hey we're gonna give you a goal sheet i want you to write out your goals for this year and your career goals and I had remembered writing down four-time undefeated national champ. <laughs> Which everybody has done since Cal did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, all right, cool. This is the best thing I can do. This is what I'm going to try and do. And it was funny. Now that I think about it, I remember going to Frank's office. He was like, awesome. I, I love to see this. And and I'm like, man, how did he not, like, crack a smile? Like, <laughs> just kind of – but, I mean, he's a coach, right? He wants, he wants his wrestlers to have that type of mentality. And yeah. I think regardless of whether a goal is realistic or not, how is it detrimental? Like, how does it negatively affect you if you set your goals higher than yeah. what other people expect for you? Like, that doesn't negatively affect you in any way, shape, or form. You know, it only gives you an opportunity to, one, accomplish more than what other people expect for you. But it, it's also, like, cool, you can – you have the quote where, are oh, you shoot for the moon and land among the stars or yeah. whatever. But I, I just – I think that's just how I've approached things – you know, for a long time. And so it was just like, I got nothing to lose aiming for this. So this is what I'm yeah. aiming for. Yeah. And you know, your freshman year, I think you had a losing record and then your sophomore yep. year, you ended up like eight and eight. What, you know, after those two seasons, you're not yeah. doing what you want to accomplish. What went into redshirting the next year? And as you're saying, I want to be a four-time <laughs> national champ. And then halfway through yeah. college, you're like, crap, I'm nowhere near that goal. How yeah. are you reassessing that and changing that and, and what led to redshirting the next year? Um, so I think I, I, you reassess after every single year because yeah. I think you're a different wrestler 
each year, right? I was a different wrestler coming into college. After my freshman year, I was a different wrestler a year later. My sophomore year, eight and eight, yeah, I'm still not having the career that I want, but I'm still a different wrestler. I have different strengths and weaknesses because I've developed, I've grown. Um, and so every year I think you got to make uh, an assessment, right? Like look back at the year that you've had, wins and losses, where were most of your losses coming from and, and what mistakes contributed to those losses. Was it a wrestling IQ thing? Was it positional? Was it technical? You know, it was – Positional, technical, same thing. But you know what I mean? So you yep. just kind of assess – or was it psychological, right? Like, are you walking out to the mat and already losing before you even shake hands, right? Yep. You you accept defeat. Oh, this guy's ranked top 10, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, there are a lot of kids do that. And so I think you got to self-assess across the board. And, and was it my diet? Was it my sleep? Was it my effort in practice? And so there's a lot of different things that contribute to winning. And I think you have to take into consideration, okay, what are the different things that play a part in the process of winning? You look at all those things, you say, okay, what did I do well? Check, 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 no check, no check. So it's like, okay, well, these are the things that I need to do better at. And then you start to make improvements there going into the following year. Does it get discouraging? Like if you're not like if oh, let's say you're not checking a box, you're absolutely. not checking a box. A box. I know for me with with business, you know, I was never a high level athlete, but with business, yeah. I I kind of do that with having different goals and wanting to do this. What rather it's hey, I want to try to produce X amount of revenue today, or I want to do this. And yeah. when you fall short, you got to yeah. have grace with yourself too. Like was there a bit of <laughs> grace where it's like, hey man, I didn't check this box, but it's okay. The sun's coming tomorrow. I'm gonna you know like not get too discouraged and disqualifying yourself because of you know, ha like you said, having high goals and still being amongst the, the stars when you're shooting for the moon kind of thing. Yeah, I think I had to learn patience and that there was a process to things. Yep. And that, you know, took me a couple of years to really, like, figure out. But now it's like, man, I feel like it's, when it comes to goal setting or anything like that, like, I have a lot of patience. I think you still have to maintain a sense of urgency, but – you understand in the grand scheme of things that like play the long game. You got to play the long game, not the short game. Right. Like, and so, and what I mean by that is like, I want to work on skills that are going to like last, right. That, you know, maybe I'm not going to have to make an adjust. I don't want to just make one adjustment for one wrestler. It's like, okay, I want to develop myself as a wrestler. And then if I continue to improve in all these different positions, we're all in, in, in a bunch of different ways. It doesn't matter who I'm wrestling, right? My, my level's gotten to a place where it's like the adjustments I'll have to make per wrestler are, are, are minimal as opposed yeah. to let me just train for this one person. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like. And you came out you came out of the gate swinging the next year. I think you, you went yeah. from like eight and eight to like 28 and eight or something where there was such a big gap. What do you yeah. think the biggest improvement was after your redshirt season? Um, I think it was technical, to be honest. Uh, I think I was behind technically. I had a lot of athleticism and, and strength, and I knew for me, too, I would make a lot of mental errors, man. I, I know I used to have a lot of mental lapses. So a lot of my losses, like, I would make a wrong decision. Maybe I'm in on a leg, and instead of cracking the guy down, I try and pop my head out when it's like, I'm making it harder for myself yeah. to finish here and I'm, and I'm taking the, the longer route to the finish as far as to the efficient, easy, easy way of finishing legs. So it's like the decision-making 
mid-match was an area that I needed to make big jumps in. And so I think that was really eye-opening for me when someone had pointed that out. And so just the IQ and, and the technical aspect of things, I think, and, is where I made the most jumps. And then how do you think you jumped even further the next year to become an NCAA champion after you made it to, what, the round of 12? Yeah. So then, like, all of a sudden, boom, next year, NCAA champion. Like, what do you think your biggest jump was there? And how did you achieve that? Um, I think it was still just making improvements on the technical aspect of things and, and just in match decision-making. Um, Cause I knew that's where I needed to make the most jumps in. I, I, th- I felt, and I still believe this. It's like athletically strength wise, I compete with anybody. You yeah. could put me up to best guys in the world. And I have hundred percent confidence in my athleticism and my strength. And if anything, I think it's world-class, like my athleticism and my natural strength. But it's like wrestling isn't athleticism yeah. and strength, man. It's it's yeah. a it's a chess match. There's, there's so much yeah. more to the sport of wrestling. And so even now, I know that's still where I need to make the most jumps. Yeah, and, you know, if you look back now, what yeah. do you think you would have done differently heading into college? Would you have tried to perfect technique more? Or what would you have done that you think, looking back, that could have made your – you know, freshman, sophomore year is better. Yeah, absolutely. I would have tried to uh, perfect my technique more. I had – my hand fighting was a little off. I think I needed to learn a lot more about top and bottom. I think yeah. my finishing was an area that I struggled with. Like, you get into high school, a majority of the kids you wrestle, depending on what state you're at, outside of the top tier, like, you get it on a single leg – you can sit in on the single leg for five seconds and adjust and still end up finishing a shot. But when you get to college, it's like the window of opportunity for finishing a shot is it's, it's just, it goes from five to one. Yeah. It's like, you have to transition very, very quickly if you want to finish a takedown on a high level opponent. And so, you know, getting a lot faster as far as like my transitions from my entry to the shot to actually like scoring the two. And so, that was a big area that I need to make a lot of improvements in. But yeah, it's, would... it's got to be refreshing for people listening to this, I would imagine, because yeah. out of the first 68 episodes, you're the first person who, when I've asked, like, how did you get better? This is that, you're the first one that's kind of brought up technique. So many people start like they wrestle at two years old, you know, yeah. and they have like yeah. things, mental, muscle memory. And it's almost like not many people are mentioning like going back to the basics and perfecting technique. And, you know, it could be because you started later than, than so many did where you're still perfecting technique in college. And, you know, when you do that, it, it is humbling because you see people around you that are achieving things and you want to do it. And sometimes you don't want to do the basics. I know that with business, yeah. sometimes you don't even want to, you're like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to the next level. Yeah. You know, when you, when you take, when you take a step back and look at, becoming an NCAA champion, which is such a goal that so many want and few accomplish. Like, what was that feeling like? Like, I was just looking at pictures to, you know, for the graphics for the podcast and like looking at a picture of you almost like crying after your match, you see the emotion, you see, like, what was it like finally winning that NCAA championship? Um, it was, uh, it was just wild, man. I think, Obviously, I had confidence that I was going to win because in order to to win at a high level, you, you have to have that mentality, right? I think any elite wrestler, Kyle, Jaden, David, Quiz, 
IMR, JB, anybody will tell you, like, you got to go into a match knowing, okay, I'm, I'm going to win this match, right? Yeah. So you have to have that level of confidence. But I think you also understand there is no guarantee. There's no guarantee. It's not – you know what I mean? And so yeah. um, you can put in – all the work you can do all the right things you can eat all the right foods you can get all the right amount of sleep you can get put all the right amount of effort but at the end of the day that does not guarantee success now granted your chances of success go from here to way up here 100 percent. and so it makes a massive difference and so i don't want people to think like oh it's not 100 percent worth it because if you don't even do those things you're not even gonna have a chance yeah you're not in the picture right? you're not even in the picture and so you got to do everything you can to put yourself in that picture but there's still a small possibility that you may not accomplish that goal or that dream or whatever it is. And, and, and so, man, for me, it was like, man, this is, this is really happening. And like, this is a culmination of a lot of hard work, a lot of, a lot of sacrifice. Uh, I don't even want to call it sacrifice. A lot of hard choices. Yep. And, and a lot of hard choices that you're like, man, I, I hope this is, you know, I, I want, I'm missing out on certain things or I, I want to go, you know, do certain things. And it's like, man, if I make this choice, this will give me the best chance of, of, of doing what I've set out to do. And whenever you actually accomplish that, man, it's, it's, it's a pretty awesome feeling. Yeah. And you know, being around a guy like Gwiz, I imagine you learn a lot from him too. What do you think you learned from, you know, being around him training wise, yeah. teammate wise? Like, what do you think yeah. you look back and when somebody says something like, what'd you learn from Gwiz? What's some of the first things that come to mind? Consistency. Interesting. Consistency and keep thing keep things simple. Um, I used to annoy Gwiz with questions, man. My sophomore year, my <laughs> junior year, he lives in the same neighborhood as me, so I'd go over to his house and I'd have a little like composition notebook. Hey, man, like you know, when you were getting ready to wrestle this match. Um, what were you thinking about going to the match? Or do you have like a, you know, I'd ask him things like pre-match rituals or whatever. It's like, and I really wanted to understand like, what does he think about going into competition? What did he think about the week of the NCAA tournament? What do you think about going into his NCAA finals match? And so it's like, my whole thought process was, you got a guy who's won two national titles. There's a blueprint. Just follow it. Yeah. Yep. It's that simple. And so I was just like, all right, we'll figure out what the blueprint is and just do what he does. I mean, you know, so – and it wasn't like Gwiz was going out running 20 miles every single day. He was doing little things every single day. And over long periods of time, that makes a massive difference. And so one of the, the biggest things I learned from Gwiz was just consistency in little things. Yeah. So maybe stance in motion five to ten minutes after every single practice, right? We'll do uh, tremendous wonders for – your positioning later on in the match, right? When your guys are getting tired and they're coming out of position just a little bit, you're still in great position. Now your offense starts to come because just that small advantage, you know, it's, it's it makes a huge difference, especially at the, the highest levels. And so just consistently little, little things and also just don't overthink, man. It's, it's simpler than you think. Um, yeah. yeah I, I love consistency because people always ask me like with yeah. this, with the success I've had in business, I'm not Elon Musk, but I've had my company for 12 years. On your way, though. On your way, though. God willing. And, <laughs> and, and like so many of these things, it's like there's days you, you don't see yeah. the, the, the fruits of your labor. There's yeah. days you just have to be consistent. Even two, three, four, five 
10 days in a row. And then on the 11th day, sometimes you see something that you're like, oh, that's why. Oh, that did pay off. So it's interesting to hear you say consistency. And there are so many different things that play into doing something like winning an NCAA championship. And I know for you, faith has played a role in that. And I'm curious what role you're – I'm curious when your faith started playing a role in your career and what kind of role it played. So not a lot of people ask me that question. I'm actually really glad you did. Um, Because I think this was honestly probably, like, the biggest thing that as far as, like, just psychologically that made a huge difference. So, like, I'm a firm believer in a wholesome athlete is a good athlete. Yep. Right? So you take an athlete who's depressed, right, or has a lot of things going on outside of the room. Maybe it's at home. Maybe it's grades. Maybe it's a lot of pressure from other things, whether a relationship. It could be literally anything. Just yeah. throw out imaginary scenario, right? Now you put that athlete in a competitive setting, and if they're not able to compartmentalize really, really well, your mind's distracted. Yeah. So I'm going into this match, but I'm thinking about everything else that's going on at home. Or I'm thinking about everything up. Maybe my aunt has cancer, which for, for my case, I had an aunt that passed away from cancer. And then a year later, my grandfather passed away. And then uh, my parents got divorced my freshman year of college. And, and so there was a lot of things that also happened outside of the mat. And so for me to be able to, 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 to juggle these, these things going on off the mat, I think was just as important. Because if I didn't juggle, juggle those things well, I don't think I, I, I win or compete at the level that I need to. And so I think that's where my faith came in, right? It's like it gave me hope, right? Hope that, okay, everything's going to be all right. Okay, now I, I, I just got to trust God, right? Like put my faith, faith in there and try not to carry everything on my own. Try not to do everything myself. And it's like there's, there's help there. There's community there. There's just so many things that make real life things easier to handle. Yeah. And so, again, I'll go back to the, the distraction piece, right? You got all these things going on and you're getting ready for a match and it's like, I can't believe this is this is happening, right? My my, you get a call from your grandma. Let's say you get a call from your grandma. It's like, hey, your your father just got arrested. Thirty minutes before match, I'm like, what? That's crazy. You know, it's like it, it, it's so like there's certain things that. How do you not think about that? Right. If if that's a, a scenario, and so it's you you have to be able to compartmentalize or and, and also just let go and let. God handle things that are out of your control. And yeah. so I, my faith started growing a lot more after my freshman year of college. So my, my freshman year of college, um, I grew up going to church on Sundays, you know, with my family and stuff like that. My grandma's, you know, super big believer. She's on fire for the men upstairs. And so, but my faith didn't really become my own. It's still summer after my first year of college, where it was just like, oh, my mom's not making me go to church. Do I have to go? No, not really. Do I want to go? And so it started to become my own because I went to this Christian athletes camp called uh, UTC, Ultimate Training Camp. And so they kind of explained, like, these biblical principles from an athletic lens, the lens of sport. And so it really resonated with me because sport is something that I understand really, really well. And so now I'm I'm understanding what – the love of Christ means, except it's explained through the analogy of sports. So now it hits differently. It's speaking your language. It's yeah. speaking my language. It makes a lot yeah. more sense. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And so the, the more I grew my, my faith, the more I was able to separate my identity as a wrestler 
and, and as a person, and that made things easier because now if my performance wasn't what I wanted it to be, I'm not beating myself up or down on myself. It's like, okay, sports just something I do. It's not who I am. And now I'm able to now I'm able to receive losses and handle them a lot differently than most people. Okay, cool. I lose. Let's it's not the end of the world. Let's look at it objectively, figure out what adjustments I need to make so I don't make those same mistakes again. And now I'm 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 growing at a much faster rate because now the the psychological aspect of losing isn't affecting me. It's 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 not hindering me at all. It's like, okay, cool, I lost, whatever. Let's keep it rolling. And so I think that's where my faith played a role. And so you, you, you put that, you, you put the, the hope in, in, in Christ, and then you also just the, the trust in, in the community of people that you have around you when it comes to faith. It's just there's so much support off the mat. I think you're able to handle things a lot better. And then you also understand, okay, my position as an athlete isn't, oh, well, if I lose, I suck. I'm not that great. Of a it's like, oh, man, it's just what you do. Just keep working hard and things will start to take care of themselves. And so going into the NCAA tournament, I went from my freshman year really beating myself up after losses because things weren't happening the way I wanted them to, sure. to, to, Oh man, I, I suck. Did I even pick the right sport? Maybe I should try and walk. <laughs> should I try and walk on the football team? You know, it's, it's like, no man, just keep, keep wrestling and, and, I actually asked Frank Beasley one year, hey, can I try out for kicker? Because I had a high school teammate <laughs> who played football at NC State. <laughs> that conversation didn't even last two seconds. <laughs> and then it was like, he was like, no. I was like, okay, all right. That was really fast. And I had a high school teammate who played football at NC State, and he was trying to convince me to try and try out. And I was like, it's not a bad idea. Wrestling's not really going too well. So, And uh, yeah. so I, I ended up sticking with, with wrestling and, and – but by the time I got to my senior year, man, it was just like, win or lose, I'm good. Yeah. So I didn't really feel a whole lot of pressure. The only pressure I felt was from the expectations I had set for myself, which there's still some, but it, it wasn't like, man, if I do this, I'm a disappointment. I'm yada, yada, yada. It was like, going to the NCAA finals match, I'm like, win or lose, I'm good. Praise the Lord that I'm here. God's still great. Yeah. Let's let's make it happen, you know. Let's let's go out there and do work. So it's just a different men mental approach. Yeah, and I think a lot of people think that being a Christian means you're giving stuff up. Oh, I can't get drunk. Yeah. I can't go party. I can't yeah. do this. Yeah. But yeah. you you get so much more than you quote unquote give up. Like you're giving up things that aren't good for you. And right. like you said, like for me, surrounding myself when you look at the look at the craziness the good versus evil going on in this world right now all of a sudden you're surrounded by good people it's a yeah. lot easy to it's a lot easier to just shut twitter and talk to your friends and be like because yeah. it's easy to get lost in that battle and and want to dive in and let emotion get the best of you or let anger get the best of you and when you, when you deal with things like that and you, you have good people around you it's one of the biggest blessings and i think it, it's incredible to hear you say you know, you could summarize all that with saying it gave me freedom. It gave you freedom to wrestle. It gave you freedom yeah. to to live and, and to not, you know, I think some people do get caught up with the identity of being a wrestler, which we all love the sport. Yeah. No matter what our accolades are or for me, lack thereof for accolades, <laughs> we all love the sport. And, yeah. you know, it, it's something that I, I got to imagine like post-college, 
you, you've been hit with a lot of different decisions and a lot of different paths I want to do. And even, you know, you've only been out of college two years and already there's so many things going on where it's like, I know I read an interview that you were deciding whether you should, should go up or down. And yeah. at, at the time, only Snyder was up in 97. And yeah. now both Jaden and Snyder are up there. And yeah. you've gone to Worlds with both of them as their training partners where they yeah. won gold. So I, I'm curious as, you know, how your faith has, has helped you make the decisions you're making and, and even now in these crazy times where and, and also speaking of Jaden and Snyder, I, I want to hear how those experiences were for sure. Yeah, dude, they're both great guys, man. Um, one, I, I learned a lot just going as a training partner and not just being – when you go as a training partner – you're not just around those guys. You're around the yeah. entire world team and the world team staff. So both years I went, obviously I'm practicing with Kyle. I'm practicing with Jaden. But anytime they're not practicing or anytime that, that, you know, hey, all right, cool, we're done. You know, like there's other guys who have gone as training partners or other coaches um, for those athletes, maybe Trevell, maybe KJ, maybe um, Casey Cunningham. You know, it's just, just all these – world-class coaches that are all in one place that you have the opportunity to speak with, conversate with, and just pick their brains. And so for me, it was like, just gather as much information as like possible. Like a sponge, absorb it all. Like a yep. sponge, man. And, yep. and uh, it's funny, the year I redshirted, I had like, it wrote like, you're the sponge down in one of my books. Really? Yeah, I did. And so like, I love that. I love that word. Just sponge, try and soak yeah. everything up as much as, as much as you can. And so I, I learned a lot, man. And I think I, I tried to grab so much. It was like, when I came back, I was trying to do like 15 different things. And Gwiz was like, dude, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you're going to try to do all these different things and you're not going to go to one of them. It's just yeah. like, pick one or two things to focus on and, and be consistent there. And so that's, that's another different like way Gwiz has helped me out as far as like staying consistent. And so I'm like, yeah, you're right. And so now I have this information. It's like, okay, how can I tweak this to my style of wrestling or the way that I like to wrestle and really use it in a way that just benefits me instead of making me take step backwards. Cause I'm scattered and all over. Yes. Yeah. But those are amazing experiences, man. They're, they're, they're great guys, humble, humble guys. And, um, and they're just they're they're super they're they're great wrestlers, man. They have great wrestling minds, and two, they just they want to help. And so for me, it was just like they asked me to to go as training partner, and it was like that was an honor for me as well. And now 100%. it's like before I had never competed at the senior level, so I think at the time it was like, wow, this is incredible. Now it's like it's like game game face. Like these are my yeah. peers. Love these guys to death, man. And and yeah. but it's like okay now it's now it's different i've, I've kind of been gotten accustomed to it i've adjusted it's not more so wow it's the world team it's like it's like okay cool this is what i'm trying to strive for now as well yeah yeah and when you have those decisions like i can't i can't imagine you were going to go down i gotta believe when you were at 92 you wanted to go up what was that decision like to go up to 97 man it was it was uh it was nerve-wracking man just because you know, those are two guys that I, I genuinely care about that I, yeah. I, as far as like friendship goes. And I, I didn't want, you know, any friction to happen or, or to get created because it was like, Hey man, I'm, I'm going to go up. And it's like, but 
I talked with both of those guys, and you know, before or after I made the decision, and it's just like, I think what I love about athletes at the senior level is everybody understands. It's like yeah. you got to do what's in your best interest. There are no hard feelings. Like, look, there's one spot on the team. It's like, okay, cool. I'm trying to do what's best for me. I understand that you got to do the exact same thing. So there's there's no bad blood, man. And so it took me longer than I wanted, but I think it was uh, ultimately like the right decision for me, just as far as like performance goes and, and just physically like strength and speed. But dude, those, those guys, I mean, they understand. And I think anybody at the senior level, like James going 74 with JB, they understand. It's like, there's, there's a mutual understanding across the board without even having to have a conversation about it. Yeah. And I, and I got to imagine like he, hearing how important God is to yeah. your faith, that that's playing into your decisions. Yeah. And when you make decisions that God's going before you helping you make those decisions, it also gives you that confidence that you know, you're doing the right thing. And when yeah. you have that confidence that, Hey, I know this what I'm supposed to do. I got to yeah. believe that goes back to what we were talking about with freedom. Like, yeah. Yeah. That you saying that made me think of the word peace. Yep. Right, like any big decision is is a decision that I want to have peace about. I want it 100%. to sit sit well with my soul. And so it's like when you have peace about a big decision, it's like it does give you this this crazy amount of confidence because it's just like this is the right move. This is the right thing to do. And so, um, yeah, I like the way you you said that because that's what I made me think of. Yeah, I mean, listen, one one of the biggest things that myself as a Christian lately, it's all about peace for me lately. I'm praying for God yeah. to bring peace to my life with decisions, with yeah. chaos, with different things going around. You Again, going back to what we were saying earlier, the battles between good and evil, like yeah. I, I'm just like, okay, God, use me, but I don't want to like, if you see a burning building and someone's throwing gas on it, you don't necessarily want to walk in there. Like it's, um, but yeah, and, and speaking of, you know, Olympic gold, do you have other goals too outside of world Olympic gold? Like, I I know you're friends with Casper, who yeah. I freaking love that kid. You yeah, know he's the man. He do you have goals like that, like WWE, MMA, anything along those lines? Um, so those are all options that I'm entertaining. Um, so those are definitely things that I've I've considered and things that I've been exploring. You know, gathering yeah. information about those options, but primarily I've tried not to think about it too much because sure. I want my focus to be on what I'm doing right now, which is yeah. Olympic team, Olympic gold. And so I, I don't want to distract myself. And there's this, I'm sure you've heard it. It's like plan B can distract from plan A. And yeah. so I, I want to put all my energy into plan A. And yeah. so then after that, then you can look, assess, look at the options that are available and make a decision from there. But right now I want all my energy and focus going towards plan A. It, and speaking of Casper, because I, I do love that kid. He's he's yeah. one of the most genuine human beings I know. Yeah. W- what is your relationship with him like? I know you guys are going to acting classes together now. He got you in. <laughs> he got you into it. Yeah. So so those are on Zoom. But man, we have a great relationship. Man, I'll call him. I'll catch up with him. And we also talk about like projects, like woodworking projects. Hey, I just built this bench, dude. You gotta check this out. He'll send me pictures, and I'll do the same <laughs> thing. Like. Or, or car stuff or just like financial um what's it uh what's the word i'm looking for just uh i didn't go to college so don't ask me for words <laughs> oh, man. um just like 
<laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Like man. financial this, advice? Yeah, I guess you just financial advice or just uh, we'll just go with financial advice, man. <laughs> <laughs> just like so, you know, like uh, hey, this should say this is there's a both like maybe he'll send me a picture on Instagram of like a motivational quote or, or yeah. like hey or, or a financial. Uh, piece of information like hey you should save 20 percent of or at, you should invest blah 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 yeah. by 65 your retirement account will be or just like different things that kind of help educate you financially so that way you're, you're making smart decisions and building towards a, a, a more secure financial secure future um it can be motivational stuff that we'll send each other like hey, a will smith quote or whatever and yeah. so I mean, he, he's a solid guy, man. He's, he's genuine. And what I like most about him is he's black and white. You know exactly where you stand with him. Yeah. Um, and he speaks his mind. And I think I get along best with people like that just because yeah. I don't like to beat around the bush. And, and so him and I get along really well. Yeah. And speaking of like doing an acting class, it's funny, like th this yeah. quarantine outbreak has, has caused such a disturbance in how everybody lives these past three months. And I'm curious how it's, you know, what other things like, okay, an acting class that you might not have had the time if you were busy in the day-to-day -day grind right now with, with the trials and everything else going on that we've kind of pushed off. What other things has this kind of done to the, to really like the state of your career? Um, it's made me really think about wrestling, um, the state of the sport of wrestling, um, and like the position that athletes are in. Yep. Um, because I think it made, it's made me think a lot about finances, man. I see a lot of people lose their jobs. My mom yep. had to take over 50% pay cut. My dad had to get laid off and had to file for unemployment. Um, he's got his job back. My mom's not taking 50% pay cut anymore. So they're back to working, but it's just made me think a lot about finances, right? And I got buddies that some play in the NFL, some play uh, – I got a friend that plays in the NBA. Um, and I think about the salaries that these athletes make, and it's just it's just drastically different from the sport of wrestling. And I think it makes sense. Wrestling doesn't generate the same amount of views or attention that these major revenue sports do. Um but, you know, as an athlete, you know, we, we, we put our bodies in at, at physical risk of injury. And, and I know some guys, thankfully, I'm in a position where I'm taken care of. And so I'm, I'm blessed. But I know some guys in the senior level maybe that don't have health insurance or um, sure. if they have uh, tearing ACL, they got to go pay for their own MRI if a club uh, doesn't end up covering it, um, like Titan Mercury or Sunkissed Kids. And so it's made me think a lot about, like, also, how many athletes go straight into the workforce immediately after college because of the financial opportunity that's there as opposed to yeah. the financial opportunity in the sport of wrestling? And, like, if that was different in the sport of wrestling, how many more athletes would we have stay to compete at the senior level? And how many more right. opportunities would that create for us as a sport to get more people to watch? to get yeah. more people to pay for streams or, or competitions and how, you know, it, it, how much would that elevate our country as a whole, as a, as a wrestling country, right? Now there's more depth, there's more competition, which forces the top yeah. guys to have to elevate to another tier, which again, just elevates the entire country as a whole. So it's like, it's made me think a lot about that as well. And it's like, okay, well, 
it's made me think about, okay, how can I monetize myself better as an athlete as far as brand building goes? Um, it would be cool to, to have like an organization, like this is just an idea, but like an organization, like, like an NFL PA or NBA PA, except for wrestling, right? An organization yeah. that, that um, just is, is acting on behalf of the best interests of the athletes. Yeah. Um, just so, you know, maybe there's a pension plan. Like, it'd be awesome if senior level athletes had a pension plan. Like, yeah. how crazy is that? Like, that would be amazing. And so, um, obviously, these are just ideas, but it's what it's, it's made me think a lot about. And what do you want to do with your brand? I, I saw you had a sick logo made. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I wish my agency could take credit for that. We can't. But <laughs> you, had, you had a sick logo made. Yeah. I saw the video you put out last month. Like, what are your goals with your brand? What do you want to do with it? Um, so we, we got a site, um, that's going to launch here pretty soon. Um, want to have some apparel as well. And I think I just want to, I know I want to help people. I haven't completely figured out how I want to help people, but I also want to use it to just, uh, build a brand that isn't necessarily completely symbolic of, Oh, mock right like obviously like i'm associated with the brand but i want it to represent like just i wanted to inspire people man i wanted to um uh inspire people to to chase after things that may not seem realistic um for for others so it's like okay cool people don't think you can do this don't let anybody tell you, you can't do something why don't you you know like if you are making the right decisions and, and doing the right things like why not strive for that i think um, you know, stuff like that. As corny as it sounds, man, that I think. No, but that's, that's the right. hard. I, I think if you, you, you listen to what you've been saying this and this entire podcast and yeah. you, you talk about stuff like free freedom and peace and right. hard work and all these things like. And I want not, to represent faith as well. Yeah. Not everybody yeah. has that mindset. Not everybody has that yeah. ability to get there. It's so we're in a, we're in a culture now where we finally look at mindset versus you know mental health versus how important the mind is and i think there's so many people i don't care if it's an athlete or not so many people have yeah. so much potential but their mind stops them they either yeah. tell themselves they can't do it or yeah, right on the head man yeah and so i get it i love it what i know, would love to hear what you think more about that because i can tell you think the same way man I, I like you didn't like like i think you should share your story really quick man just because i think it's sick so when i was in high school i moved out right away a month before graduation and ended up just living with my girlfriend ended up we broke up shortly after that i was living on my car for like a month wow. and i was slowly starting one of my best friends moms was doing my laundry and when she was doing my laundry, she would leave like little scripture written on notes in there. And she would just leave me like probably 10 different pages of just scripture after scripture after scripture. And I didn't do anything with it. Like I, I looked at it and it was almost like cliche at the time. Yeah. But after that, I just, I slowly started going to church a little bit, slowly started doing things right. Like I never drank. I never did drugs. I never did anything that it's like, okay, I can turn my life around if I just stop drinking, if I just stop doing drugs. It was none of that. I was just living kind of an empty life. So you have no, you have no foundation. So after that, it was like, man, I, I started working and 
all through high school, I was building websites. We built Wrestle Magazine back in 1999 for like WWE News and Rumors. Wow. And after, after, you know, about a year after I was, I ended up living in my car and then I finally like moved back home for a couple months and then, then got an apartment and I slowly got back into the web and into websites and realizing that my buddy Mike down in Florida was telling me, dude, what we were doing in high school, people still aren't doing like we're ahead of the game. We should really consider like doing more with this. And around the same time, I like I started going to church. I started like saying like I, I grew up not in the church, but grew up believing in God. But now it's like okay, kind of like you said, like now I have a, now I have an option. Do I want to go to church? What is, what am I going to get out of this? Or and I think as I started really saying, man, there's more to this than just going to church. There's more to this than just religion. And as I started pursuing, I like that what you just said right there. There's more to this than just religion, right? And and more people and, need to hear that, man. For real, <laughs> yeah, go go back 15 seconds, listen again. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was blessed to go to a, a really good church right out of the gate, and they just they every week it's it's Jesus and Him crucified over and over. And the more I sought Jesus, the more my life just kind of went in tandem with with what God's will was for me. And, you know, I never went to college. I went to college for like two weeks and my, I, I was working at Wegmans warehouse from 5. AM to two. Love hate, Wegmans. They're the best dude. Then I go to my so girlfriend's good. house for like an hour and then I'd go to like a night class at MCC, a local community college. And, and like, I, I was like sleeping. I fell asleep one time driving there. I was so tired, like ended up in a ditch and it was terrible. And my professor's like, you know, you don't have to be here. I'm like, you're right. But I never went back. I just thank God like this, this website stuff was, was starting to work out. And finally, that was 2005. Finally, in like 2000. And I mean, I worked every job. I worked in roofing, driveway ceiling. I worked at Burger King. I worked in Wegmans Warehouse. Like I, I did it all. And I said, this life isn't for me. Like I, I, whatever I was in, I kept like, I kept thinking a lot of people think this way, but I felt like, okay, I can do a better job than, than my boss. Like I can actually do better. And I would start to do that. And kind of like an overachiever almost, but just knowing there, there's more potential. And by 2007, I was doing so much with websites. And, and at the time it was a lot of um, WordPress websites. And literally by like 2008, I had enough people saying, dude, I see what you're doing with websites. Can you help me? Can you help me build the website for my company? And that's why I had to start the company. I started out of a need where people were asking me. And, you know, after that, it's just the, I, all through my twenties, I, I had my head down. I wasn't in a single relationship. I just focused on my clients from the second I woke up to the second I went to bed, trying to prove myself over and over again. And going back to what we were talking about with consistency, it was just consistency. It was just doing what I thought was the right thing to do and just continuing to see God every single day, even when it doesn't make sense. Mm. And on the wrestling side of it, I end up reaching out to Cal Sanderson saying, hey, dude, I don't think your website's a proper re representative of who you are. And we got in touch and I did his website and then Jake Varner and then Les Sigmund and then Dave. Uh, no, then it was Jordan Burroughs. Like it was just it was a slippery slope. And all of a sudden, it just one thing kept leading to another. And now, I mean, I've had Bash Solutions for 12 years. And last year, with all the relationships I've been able to have in the sport, like without having this podcast, you and I only get to have this conversation 
maybe once a year at a tournament if you're not competing. Like it's it's hard. And yeah. I I I know for me, I think everybody should have a podcast. I think everybody should have a podcast. So I took my own advice and said, you know what? I'm bringing all these conversations with all these wrestlers to the forefront. A lot of these conversations I am so blessed to have, and, and they motivate me. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge wrestling fan. So, so to be able to talk with people regularly who are NCAA, world, Olympic champions, it's wild. Like, it's, it's just – and to be able to do that, like, uh, that was my heart for this podcast. And even now, I don't know where it's going. I just continue to give it to God and say – use me whatever you want me to do like if if i'm not the kind of guy who for the last however many years i've never been one to work on my personal brand aside from no bash solutions i want you to know that if you want a website social media content creation i want to know i want you to know who we are and i want you to know our work is what our work is and if you think it could be beneficial for you contact us aside from that i haven't done nothing with my personal brand until now and it's not the most comfortable thing in the world for me, but I do believe that you have to do more things that make you uncomfortable, which is what this podcast, like, especially initially, you start talking to people that it's like, it's not intimidating. I, you know, years ago, I've, I've met Jay-Z, Beyonce. I've met some famous people and I realized real quick, they're just people. I, yeah. I, I don't get starstruck, but what I get is, especially with this podcast, I get intimidated by the fact of, man, I don't want to overshadow any portion of this person's story. And I, one, of the, one of the prides I take in this podcast is there's a lot of wrestling media that shies away from faith. And not by design. I just think, like, I don't know that Flow Wrestling has a place or Track Wrestling. I don't know that some of these platforms that Track Wrestling is owned by NBC. They can't do whatever they want. Flow Wrestling has investors. They can't just do whatever they want. And I know for me, it's like one of the reasons, even when non-Christians come on here, I still pray like God uses, uses platform, for whatever you want. Even if somebody's insane, Hey, you, you should go give your life to Jesus. Even if it's not just preaching, it's just, but I've had people call me when certain people come on here or they, they hear people talk about their faith that you might see a scripture in their Instagram or Twitter bio or here or there, but you never get to hear more of it. And if you're not asked about it, it's hard to just – I don't know that most athletes are just going to go put up a 30-minute video about, hey, let me tell you the story of my faith. It takes a lot to, to tell a story, both yeah. from, from writing it all out, what you want to say, to editing, to publishing, distributing it. So if I can do that and use my team and my talents to do that, it's great. And, and so I think for me with this podcast, it's, it makes me uncomfortable with being intimidated by saying, man, okay – Mike Machiavelli is coming on. I want to do his story justice. Okay, Jaden Cox is coming on. I want to do his story justice. You know, Helen Rules is coming on. I want to tell her. I want to do her story justice. Like, to, to be able to do these things. So, you know, that's kind of it in a nutshell. And I love Bash Solutions. We, we build a lot of websites. We do a lot of content creation. And But this podcast has been so much fun for me because it's something different. And I think so many people are afraid to like shy away from a box they're in. Kind of like you were saying with wrestling where it's like, I'm more than a wrestler. It's almost like for me, I want to be like, okay, I want to be more than just a marketing company. I don't, yeah. want, my, I don't want my value or worth or identity to be like, okay, Justin Bash, Bash Solutions. And I realized I kind of pigeonholed myself with putting my name in the company name. And, you know, the brand association is great. Yeah. But 
yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell, man. It's a sweet story, man. For real, that's awesome. I, I appreciate you you wanting to hear, man. It, it's yeah. it's been wild. You gave me you gave me a brief overview when we were texting, but because I remember I had asked, and so to hear like the little details in, in the other parts that I didn't get to to know through the text messages, man. That's uh, I think you asked like what college I went to too and stuff, right? Yeah, that's, that's how it yeah. started. You were like, yeah, I didn't go to college. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, man. It's you know, for me, yeah. I, and it's funny. I hear a lot of. Casper actually said it the best out of anybody. So anybody listening, go listen to Casper's episode, which he's actually going to come back on soon. But, you know, he kind of put it like he feels like he's living the American dream, right? I feel like so many people, wrestling is a humbling sport. And it seems like so many people don't feel like they are what the community views them as. And even for me, even though I've had some success, I look at myself and say, okay, big deal. I've got a marketing company. So does Gary V. You want to look at marketing success? Go look at him. Or, hey, I got a podcast, but it's not Joe Rogan's. You want to see podcast success? Go look at Joe Rogan's. But man, it's encouraging when I get people texting me and calling me and messaging me like, you don't know what that podcast episode did for me. You don't know how much I appreciate that. You know, I never heard that, you know, this kid did that. I never heard that she struggled with this. And all these different things. So it, it's been fun to just kind of put my trust in God to see what happens next and, and kind of let it unfold before everybody's eyes. Cause I don't know what's next for the podcast or batch solutions really. Yeah. That's sweet, man. That's so awesome. yeah, I love it, man. Listen, we're going to wrap up here. Yeah. I'm probably starting to bore everybody because they tuned in to hear, <laughs> hear your story. So no, man, it's awesome. Let's, let's do another follow-up episode soon. Guys, yeah, everybody listen. Go follow Mike. He's got some great stuff coming up. I'm going to link up his his Instagram, his Twitter. Go do all that. Mike, thank you for coming on. Any last words? Dude, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's been an honor. Of course, man. Let's stay in touch and let's see uh, let's see what we can do with some cool content stuff. Sounds good, man. Awesome, man. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat oh, yeah. goes on. And business.